You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, my name is Dan Robinson. I'm joined by Pat Rowe. Pat, you should be doing the intro because you've just pressed the buttons to set up the stream and go live. Change your pace. My, my, my hands up. Uh, yeah. uh, how are you? You okay? Yeah, very good. Looking forward to the weekend. A few days off. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, nice. Good for you. Uh, I've just had a couple of days off over the last weekend, so I'm going to preface this podcast by saying that I didn't watch the West Ham game live. I wasn't there. Um, I didn't really even have my phone up until uh, Sunday evening, so I've seen much of the day. I've seen Villa's YouTube highlights, so uh, I've not really seen much more than that, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have an opinion on a game I've not properly watched. I'm just going to get that out there first and foremost. So I'll come to you first, but just summarise that, that afternoon for me in kind of 60, 90 seconds. Um, what did you make of that that two on defeat? First of all, I was on a dodgy stream, so I wasn't much better. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. I think there was four, or, three or four games at two o'clock on a Sunday, and only one of them yeah. was on TV, and it was the Chelsea one. I thought we were definitely going to be watching a Villa West Ham Super Sunday. I was quite looking forward to it, but yeah, I didn't watch it. Well, I did watch it, but it's not too well on a uh, foreign stream. But what I did see it was it wasn't too much to panic about for me, to be honest. It was. Uh, not an off day, but just an unlucky day. I think another day, Ings's chance goes in or Coutinho's little flick in the first half, that goes in. Um, I think Bailey had a chance in the last one and obviously we got a goal. And Gerard was right when I think he said it was just decided by two moments for West Ham that they executed quite well. And they are a top side, like the challenge of the top four. Not a lot to panic about. I thought it was a solid performance from us, but obviously we're just not quite there, are we, to be competing every week with these teams and not quite there to be grinding out results like that but promising signs for me to be honest no I'm not I'm not panicking yeah you, you mentioned the words grinding out result there and again I'm looking at this from a, a point of view of not having watched the whole game play out but you know the first goal for West Ham is the 70th minute after we make a change uh, they go to yeah. and up and then we yeah we'll come to that in a sec uh, we get a consolation goal effectively don't we with Rams at the end of it. it's a very very good finish um, but, you know, you go away to West Ham and you nil-nil up until the 70th minute and you are grinding out a result to an extent. And, from, you know, from the highlights I've seen, both sides yeah. have a couple of half-decent chances and you probably would say draw potentially a, a fair result to a, to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, you look at the last consolation goal that Ramsey got was the Arsenal one, wasn't it? And it was a similar effort and we were absolutely... Mm. That was a consolation goal because we were absolutely <laughs> battered in that one, didn't we? But this one was a different story. Like, if, if it was a draw, I don't think either side could have had complaints. I think we both mm. had moments where we had the vast majority of possession. I think we both pressed the other. can't really remember too many clear-cut chances. Oh, oh, actually, I can, actually. There was a few saves from Martinez in the first half. and then There was, there was that one from the corner, wasn't there? The, the yeah, contact was crazy over that one. Point blank. I think that was about on the on the hour mark. I think that one. But yeah, that, Martinez had a few good moments in that one. But I saw a few comments saying that he should have saved the second one, but I haven't really had a look at it. But mm. I, I don't think you can really say. I think those people just be negative for the sake of being negative, isn't it? I don't think you can criticise Martinez too much throughout the season. But uh, yeah. Not, not a lot to panic about for me, to be honest. Yeah, really. he, d- he does get a slight touch on it from what I can remember, but again, whether we should save or not, not, not quite so sure. Um, something to potentially panic about, injury to Luca Dean. Obviously, first choice left-back comes in in January, gets an injury. The rumours are uh, up to three weeks. Mm. Um, Villa haven't confirmed anything. Gerald's not confirmed anything. I believe there'll be a press conference on Friday. So mm-hmm. there might be a bit more there. And I think he said after West Ham that he'd be having an MRI scan. Um, but he walked off the pitch, which like always kind of gives me a bit of hope that it's actually not going to be yeah. that bad. But, uh, there was somebody last season, it might have been 
potentially maybe Grealish or was it Cash? I think that's happened a couple of times when someone's walked off and I thought, oh, that'll be fine. It's like a three number. Um, So hopefully it's not that bad. But that's obviously walk up with an ACL, can't you? (laughs) Don't say that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a hamstring, I think. Um, But yeah, that's that's kind of got fans now saying, oh, maybe we shouldn't have let Target go. And I don't know whether it's as simple as that. I think he probably wanted to go. Um, But that's Ashley Young at left back for the foreseeable, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think we can say that it was a mistake to let Target go because I think as soon as a, a top-quality left-back came in, I think he wanted to go, didn't he? I think Gerard told him, you can stay and fight for your place or you can go and pursue first-team football elsewhere and he jumped straight on the boat, didn't he? But, um, yeah, Ashley Young ready to step up. I don't think he's ever let us down. I think he's always been solid. Obviously, it does take away a bit of that balance. I thought against Leeds, it was evident that we got we were more balanced with uh, Luca Dean. I think it was the first goal where he's whipped one in for uh, Watkins and it's drifted to the back and then we've like, recycled it. Yeah. And we've got the goal from it. I think his delivery as well. We get the aspect of that. He's a lot better going forward. I thought a few times when Ashley Young got in the ball that obviously it delays a bit because he has to cut in on his right, doesn't he? And he's not as good on his left. Yeah. So there is that aspect to it. but And it is, it is an ideal, let's be honest, because we just had a few good performances. The defence just started to look a bit solid. And then we get something like that, and hamstring injuries are always dodgy. I think I always remember Andre Green's one. I think he got he pulled up with his hamstring, and then he was just gone for like months and months and months, and never came back, did he? So it was one of those. It could be disastrous. And I think everyone's been panicking because Villa did that tweet, didn't they? It was like, um, get well get soon, well soon or we'll be back stronger. And everyone th- fears the worst when there's a post like that, don't they? So who knows? I think Gerard said Luca Dean told him it was just a small muscle tear. So that's obviously promising, but yeah, wait and see. I don't think that anything's come out yet. I think three weeks was the rumour, but yeah, nothing certain. Yeah, if it, if it is three weeks, as much as I, I don't want to kind of say that I'm happy that a player's injured, cause I'm definitely not. It's not the end of the world, is it? And we all miss a few games. Break. It's international break. They right. aren't going down. They're not getting into Europe. Doesn't really matter, does it? Get himself fit and back in the side. I don't again. know. It's not... Get into Europe. Beat, beat Arsenal. <laughs> Shut no, up. What is it? Is it eight? Eight gets you Conference League. Uh, I've not checked the league table, but I still think that that's a little bit. And out then we got the uh, cup winners. Whoever wins the cup, that usually filters down a few spaces, doesn't it? I'm still hopeful. <laughs> Let's stop that now. Um, Bailey and Brendia both featured off the bench. I think Bailey came on first. Yeah. He had 20 minutes. Um, and was it like eight minutes had he time or something? So basically half, half an hour. Yeah. Um, what kind of impact did those subs have and were they the right substitutions for you as you were kind of watching the game that afternoon? Well, I felt the sub, like the players themselves, had an impact. Like Bailey was bright when he came on. It was the first time since he's come back from injury that I thought he looked sharp. Like Prior to that, I thought he's looked a bit slow, a bit laboured. His uh, footwork hasn't looked as neat. He's losing a bit uh, the ball a bit more frequently. But this one, he was drifting past players, knocking it past them, cutting in. He had a shot that was literally, I thought my stream had started lagging. It went that fast. But no, it was just, I watched the replay. I was like, oh, he's actually hit that pretty hard, to be fair. But um, yeah, he looked really bright. I think I think in 20 minutes, I think I've got it here. One key pass, 100% dribble success rate, one big chance created. Can't, and then I think Buendia also came on and uh, he set up the goal, didn't he, with that bit of magic. It was like the Brentford, wasn't it? Just like a neat turn, sets up a goal. And it kind of outlines the depth the depth for us, for me. Like we've got players on the bench that can come in in different scenarios. Yeah. Like in another game, it's 1-0 one, one and they've come on and changed the game and got us a goal. 
So it's the depth we have. Everyone's competing for a starting role. And yeah, both the subs were did make an impact, but it was a bit of an odd one. This the the situation they came into. To be honest, I think Bailey got brought on for Ings, and then Buendia got brought on for Sansa, uh, uh, Louise, and then uh, literally a minute after Bailey came on, we conceded a minute, two minutes after um, Buendia conceded the second. So it was hard for Louise to go off when he's the holding role for Buendia. You'd think Samson or someone would come in like for like, but yeah, can't really put them down to them, can you? But hindsight is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, there's quite a few comments coming through, and we'll get to those um, a bit later in the episode. Um, I was going to say something about Bailey then, but I've totally forgot because he's throwing me. Oh, yeah, it's a stupid thing. You, When you read out your stats off that, that piece of paper, then you said one one key pass so fast. It sounded like wonky pass. I thought, what a strange, thing, what strange thing to note down that he had a wonky pass and then I worked out <laughs> what you did today. One key yeah. pass. Um, so you just putting that that West Ham defeat down to not an off day to the extent that we were drastically bad or anything, but it's just not a lot between the two sides. The home side won, the side higher up in the league won. Yeah. Can't, you know, what, what are you supposed to do about that? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. But they just aren't, weren't at their best. They lose the game. No, nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think uh, I was listening to Stuart Pearce. I think it was Stuart Pearce on TalkSport talking about West Ham. He was just saying, hey, like, they shock this whole season. He, his team has just shocked him. Like when they get injuries, they just dig out a result from somewhere. And I think they just dug a result out of somewhere, to be honest, with two key moments. We weren't disastrous. Like I said, it's a stark contrast to the consolation goal effort against Arsenal at the start of the season. And <clears throat> another day, we could have grinded out a result. Ings' goal goes in. Coutinho's one goes in and then our, uh, we get our effort the last one with Ramsey and we win 3-0 on another day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those. I don't think you can panic about it. I think a few people were saying that, like I mentioned, just that uh, this, the situation was weird for the subs to come in, like the system that he changed to. Whether or not it would have changed or whether it would happen anyway, it just remains to be seen, don't it? But yeah, I'm not really too upset about the loss, to be honest. Yeah, there was a little kind of mini package that Match of the Day 2 put together of, of Declan Rice and I almost joked about how many times I've, they've isolated him after a game and talked about his impact and that that is the difference, isn't it? He's a, he's a very, very good player and mm. I'm not just saying that you put Declan Rice and Aston Villa and they win the game, but it, it shows how important having kind of a top, top midfielder in there can make yeah. a difference. That that little mazy run he went on to, to pa- pass the ball before the assist yeah. for, for the second goal. You know, it's those fine margins, isn't it? If someone taking the, the game by the scruff of the neck and, and getting them over the line and, and yeah. Declan Rice just that week in, week out. Yeah, I think Gerard said that if he ever, ever is England manager, if that moment does happen, then he hopes he can select Declan Rice, to be honest, because he is the, an ideal player that every manager wants, isn't he? He's added that progression in his game this season. He's just a top, top player, isn't he? And I hope he does stay at West Ham, to be honest. And he drags him into top four and they continue to recruit, get another striker in and whatnot. And they build around him and he doesn't get nabbed by one of the big teams. Well, considering we're trying to get in there as well, I hope he does leave West Ham and just goes to one of the... Uh, he gets both in there rather than Chelsea and City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Uh, Steve Steve Webster says, swap Rice for Louise and we'd have won that. We're weak in the most important position. I don't really think that's even necessarily a dig at Louise either. Um, no. It just shows how, how important Rice is to West Ham. Um, just on Louise... A couple of a couple of questions. Louis said, "Where who's uh, Sam Redding?" First says, "Is Louis out?" And Louis said, "Who's Louis?" And his phone <laughs> auto corrected to Louise. Um, do we know whether he's out? I still photo of him. I think he posted on Instagram in Brazil. I don't know whether he's there. Whether he's there now, whether that's an old photo, but 
uh, yeah, a doubt for the game, whatever that actually means, with a, a potential mouth injury. Um, so if he is out, what would you do in that midfield? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's, I don't think you could start Irabunum yet, so you probably have to go with Sanson. I think Nakamba's still one or two weeks away from even being back in training. I'm not sure. I think John did a report saying he's going to step up his effort for a comeback in the coming weeks, but he's probably quite far off match fitness, isn't he? Yeah. Can't start Irabunum. I know he's had his debut, but it'd be a bit of a uh, cauldron to throw him into a packed up Villa Park early kickoff against Arsenal, who were flying. Um, there's a lot to deal with, isn't it? Um, it's probably it has to be Sanson, doesn't it? But whether or not he can play the holding midfield, I know he's played in a double pivot before, but he's never played as the holding midfielder on his own. I don't think. But he's played big games as in a double pivot. He's played, I think it was the Europa League final. He's played there, so he might be able to do it. Obviously, Gerard sees him in training. He's spoke quite highly of him previously, and he's been given a chance as a substitute in the past few weeks. So it's probably got to be the move, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't see it being anything other, anything else to be honest, unless Douglas Weeds plays in a facial mask kind of thing for protection, yeah. maybe. Maybe um, go four two three one and go. I don't think I can't, I can't imagine he would. He drop McGinn deeper, play Ramsey as like a box to box, Coutinho ahead, then Buendia and well, actually I don't know. He won't drop Watkins and Ings, will he? And Bailey, Bailey might get a start, yeah, you know, there's options, which is what we talked about. This is this is what you, this is what you want. Somebody earlier yeah. on in the comments asked about Bailey. Uh, Scott said, "Would you give Bailey a start? It doesn't seem to have had the chance to get going. Injuries and others playing well. Uh, if there is an option to to change that system up and play, you know, proper wingers rather than two up front, would you would you stick Bailey in there? I mean, his performance on Saturday was really bright. As I said, I was really impressed by him. So if he's on a spot, then fair enough. Given the spot, that's what Gerard wants. And he wants people to train well, perform all week, and then you get rewarded at the end, like Chambers got rewarded, keeping his place, uh, spot in the uh, squad. You'd like to think Samson will be rewarded for his efforts in training. So yeah, if he's trained well and his performance is bright enough for the weekend, yeah, I'd give him a go. It's probably worth us doing a, a predicted 11 now, isn't it? I, I guess, obviously, yeah. you mentioned Arsenal up next. They've won five in a row, I think. They play Liverpool yeah. tonight in the league. Um, so, worth keeping an eye on how they get on there. Uh, any kind of team news updates from that game. Um, and obviously, Villa's presser, I think, is Friday. So, we're a little bit ahead of schedule. We said, didn't we, the last time you and me spoke mm-hmm. about it, you don't change a winning team. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. He kept He kept Chambers in there. It's no longer a winning team. No so with a fit team. with a with a fit Ezri Concer available, I guess he's the main one as the talking point. Does Concer come back in? There is the question, as Matt Target perfectly said that when he was an undercover agent for Newcastle against <laughs> us, is Callum Chambers going to act as an undercover agent against Arsenal here? He's played <laughs> against Saka, all these players, Saka, Smil- Emil Smith Rowe, Lacazette. Martinelli's played against them all in training for quite a long time, hasn't he? So it's whether or not you bring him back in. I think he took a forearm to the side of the head as well. and was yeah. So he might not be fit. Actually, I think he, he's probable to be fit. I think I read that he's, he's likely to be fit. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, personally, I would have brought um, Kanza back as soon as he was ready. But obviously, that worked out well when in, uh, Chambers Harness is in uh, Iniesta. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, proved me wrong. Didn't really expect that one, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd be happy either way. Once again, I thought it was a solid effort against West Ham. It was a tough physical battle against Antonio. I thought Mings and um, Chambers did quite well, apart from the opening goal where there was just a bit too much space for Yarmolenko to turn into, and he's he's turned quite neatly and just slotted it away, hasn't he? But other than that, it was solid. 
If if Louise is fit and you are keeping that same system, it is the only change you would make Young in for Dean, I assume, and mm. Conte for Chambers, you'd keep the rest of it the same. Yeah, I don't think it's time to panic really after the West Ham performance, is it? It's not like, oh, you need to be dragged after that performance. I don't think there was any anyone like that. So yeah, I'd go again with what was working prior to that and just see. Or if he wants to go more defensive against a better tar- side, then who knows what, what he's going to do. He might even slot Chambers in it in place of Louise and play Conza at centre-back. Yeah. yeah There's a kind of a... I'm going to call it a rogue shout here from Ross and uh, Steve, to be fair, in the comments has agreed with him. And I'll flash it up in a sec. I'm just trying to work it out in my head. I just don't see it. So I'll put a comment up. Ross says, worried about young long-term at left-back, but what other options do we have? Mings, question mark. Mm. Constant Chambers in the middle. Pretty sure Mings has played there for Bournemouth. And Steve agrees Mings would love it at left-back because he likes to get forward. And yeah, he did start as a left-back. He did play left-back yeah. for, for Bournemouth and he's played centre-back exclusively for Villa. I, I think I remember talking about Mings signing for Villa in the Championship days, thinking, oh, well, he's a left-back, so he'll, he'll come in a left-back and replace whoever was there back in 2018. I can't, I can't even remember who it would be now. I remember. Uh, yeah, besides the point. But he comes in at centre-back and arguably surprises a few people, thinking, well, he's mm. he's built like a centre-back, but he's, he's never played there before. And I think he's only ever played as a centre-back since joining Villa for Villa and for England. So to chuck him out at left-back after all this time, not quite sure. Yeah. Not for me personally. Like, it, Yeah, he's a potential option. And there's two fans in the comment section here who have suggested it. So it's not like no one no one, no one, one has ever thought of this before. Yeah. But for me, I'd be shocked if Mings played left-back and Chambers was still in at centre-half. I think the system's built around him at centre half, isn't it? Being vocal and leading the line, keeping him. He can still do that from left back, but he, he's played centre back for three and a half, he, four years now. So surely you don't go back. And I'm not sure he's as gifted on the ball to play as a left back that Gerard wants. Yeah. And he's going to be up against Saka or Martinelli or Emil Smith Rowe, like overloading down the left, or Odegaard or any one of them, and then the fullbacks bombing on. I don't know if I'd want a centre like obviously he used to play left back, but he is a centre back. I don't know if I want a centre back there. And I know Ashley Young is mm. thirty six, but you're not going to throw a youngster in. Was it Ben Ben Christine? Ben you're Christine, not going to throw yeah. him in, are you? So it is an ideal. It's not ideal, really. It just outlines that the Dean injury really isn't ideal, is it? Yeah, but then if you, I suppose, if you're Matt Target or whoever decided to get rid of Matt Target, if it wasn't his choice, if Dean didn't get injured and Matt Target doesn't play a single minute from January to the end of the season, you'd be thinking, oh, what did what did we keep him around for? What was yeah. the point of that? It's only now that we're suggesting, oh, what the hell was that for? Because yeah. Dean's injured. Um, Neil Taylor was left back yeah, when Mings uh, joined, on. and Alan Hudson play there a bit. Yeah, as well. obviously Taylor stayed at left back and Mings slotted in at centre back. Um, are you scared of Arsenal? You've, talk, you've talked a lot about them being on fire and you, you reel off a danger man and, and give me five names instead. Do they scare you a little bit? No, because I feel like we're a bit of a bogey side for them, but maybe that's when mm. their fortunes are a bit further down, weren't they? I think they've hit a bit of form now and the, the joke of Arsenal is slowly dwindling away, isn't it? I think they're slowly <laughs> yeah. becoming a respectable team with a really impressive young core. I think Odegaard the other day really impressed me. I think in the first half he had five key passes and I, I watched that and I was like, well, he looks a serious player. I think they found a formation that suits him now as well, 4-2-3-1 with like Party and Xhaka just like enforcing the midfield. Odegaard's given the freedom to do whatever he wants just ahead of him. And then they've got options with Emile Smith-Rowe, um, Saka, Martinelli's back now. 
and Lacazette. I'm not sure how long he'll stay there, but obviously, I think he's been he's been more he's been there to link it up a bit more rather than score goals. I know he scored the other day, but it was a penalty. Um, they've just hit good form, haven't they? Unbeaten the six, five wins it is a frightening pro- prospect. But you know, we beat them last time we came to they came to Villa Park. Did yeah. we? We did. Yeah, one 0 one nil, and we did that without Grealish. I'm pretty sure. So we can act as a bit of a bogey side for him. I don't want. It, I don't want it to go on record that I'm scared of him because I have had some <laughs> stick from Arsenal fans in the past. <laughs> so you know, I'm not going to admit it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> this is the early get done. Actually, early kickoff. Early kickoff curse. If everyone's saying, "Oh, Arsenal are flying," can't lose. Early kickoff curse. Well, it's what I always say every time we do one of these podcasts. When someone's won X amount on a row, I always say, well, it's got to come to an end at some point. So, It's tactical. Oh, they, oh, they play tonight, so they'll be- Liverpool will beat them, then they'll yeah, bounce yeah. back by beating Villa. That's what will happen. Um, Matt Smith says, won't they be scared of us? Emmy, Ings, Watkins, Coutinho, John McGinn, JJ. Yeah, yeah there's a, there is a good bit of talent in that Villa yeah. side now, and, and one defeat against West Ham doesn't, doesn't kind of take away how good we were that little mini spell before that so yeah they've got to come to Villa Park uh, sold out I think it is yeah so, yeah. why, why aren't Arsenal going to be scared of us yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm, only, I'm only saying that just because they won five on the spin um, but yeah I, I, I always find difficult um, difficult I always find previews a little bit difficult because it's so much guesswork especially so mm. far in advance of the game we don't know any of the press conference stuff Arsenal have got to play another game yet so Talking about all these players, and they could have an injury crisis against Liverpool all tonight. So, just mm-hmm. a little bit silly to talk about a game so far in advance, but um, kind of a little midweek catch up after West mm-hmm. Ham more so than anything. If I had to push you for a score prediction, what would you go for? 1 0 at home again, same as last time. Late winner this time. Gerard, it's going to be one of those games where Gerard, like, oh, I want to stay in the game until the 70th minute, then he brings Bailey on, and then it's just changed. That's my my guess. Okay, nice. Always very positive. If the fans yeah. very quickly want to get your score predictions, then I'll flash them up on screen. But we are going to finish in a second. Um, I can never. I'll, I'll never know how to do predictions really because I don't want to be unrealistic and say that Villa are going to win every single game like you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but what's the point of coming on to a Villa podcast and predicting us to lose? Like I might that might be my serious. Yeah. Um, prediction in my head I'm never going to come on here and, and predict mm-hmm. us to lose because literally nothing to gain by that so I've got 1-1 one, one, and I would, I would take take a draw just because yeah, they're in such draw. good form I'd be happy with a 1-1 one, one. Matt um, Smith made a good point he said uh, Oli does love a goal against Arsenal doesn't he yeah two for Oli one for Brendia 3-0 yeah yeah and then they're after yeah. Coutinho, aren't they? And I think they've Arsenal fans have also called for them to sign Jacob Ramsey. I think they just want all of our players. God, I've, I do feel there's a slight element of Arsenal that you can get at them uh, when yeah. you mentioned the when you were um, reading off some of the names there, like someone like Xhaka can always mm-hmm. can always do something silly, get himself sent off, do something yeah. stupid. Um, so if something goes our way early doors like a penalty or something then yeah my, mm-hmm. my thoughts on the whole thing do change 2-2 yeah. um, from Ross 3-1 from uh, Lewis Sprigge uh, Ollie loves scoring against Arsenal 2-1 um, Ross says first half 36 year old Ash Young goes down injured what happens <laughs> meltdown well, we don't think about that Courtney uh, Hawes get him in Courtney Hawes job at left back yeah Mings over Dumb there Jambers in at centre back um, 
Yeah, let's not think about that. That's not going to yeah. happen. Well, uh, <laughs> Emmy Martinez with the pelvic thrust towards Lacazette in the 18th minute. Um, yeah, thanks for all your comments. There's a lot of positivity, but like I said, no no one here is going to come on and predict Villa to lose because no. nothing to gain. We're not a neutral podcast, so we don't have to be uh, serious in our predictions. I think that's pretty much everything I've noted down. As I said mm-hmm. at the very start of this, I, I didn't see the West, West Ham game fully, so it is difficult actually doing a podcast when you have not really seen anything bar three yeah. or four minutes worth of highlights, so you don't get like the feel of the game or picture of it. Even on social media, like I wasn't checking my phone or anything, so I don't really see what people are saying about it and kind of what what other people's opinions are. So it's strange going in pretty blind. Um, so if you feel like Pat, we've we've covered everything from that game and happy no, to move I on. Think we've and... gone over everything, yeah. Okay, good. Um, thanks everyone for for tuning in to the Clark Blue Podcast as always and, and leaving your comments with your score predictions. There's not a single Villa loss in there, so we love to see that. Um, Pat, thanks for your time as always. I appreciate it. And um, I don't know what we're doing for the rest of the week. Ash might be doing a Facebook Live slash podcast on Friday after the press conference um, and and react to any kind of breaking lines that come out of that. And then I think it'll be me and Matt Kendrick doing the post-match debrief show on Saturday afternoon, obviously 12.30 kickoff. So expect to see us about four o'clock, five o'clock, something like that. Me and him will jump on for half an hour and have a chat about the game. Um, So until then, thank you very much for watching the show and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.